I'm your host, Evan Knight. And start the show, we have got a case study Sunday, and in the hot seat today is Mr. Andrew Nicholl, my lovely co-host. And Andrew, who are we talking about today? Talk to us about the investors and kind of where they are in their life stage. Well, this is actually one hot off the press. I'd actually just met with these people. We're recording this on Thursday, so just before it comes to you live on Sunday. These are actually investors of mine that I've worked with for probably about three years, two or three years. So the cool part about that is we were actually just doing kind of a bit of a review and then working out what the next stages were. And while we had my wealth plan, it was in its infancy back then and Ed's made a whole lot of changes to it and fixed all my calculations since then. And so now what I've done is we've actually updated their wealth plan. So I wanted to look at where they were, where they're at now and where they're going to be. Because these guys are a cool couple. I like the fact that they're just going hard now where they've got good income to be able to get a really cool lifestyle later on. So they are 42 and 40. They both work in the aviation industry. And so one of the big things over the last couple of years is what, Ed? (coughs) COVID. The COVID. The COVID put kind of a real dampener on their income and their ability to lend. So that was probably one of the biggest challenges that we've had over the last wee while. But anyway, when they came to me originally a few years ago, a couple of years ago, they're based in Auckland. They wanted to kind of look at what options were around. One of the things that I wanted to do is make sure that we had properties with as minimal input as possible. Everything, if you're borrowing 100%, requires some input. And so what we looked at at the time was Christchurch. And they've got pretty ambitious goals. So again, without you know using the wealth plan in its entirety, we went for two properties in Christchurch. One was in Hills Road, which is in Edgware, which you're about a five-minute drive from town. That was a two-bedroom townhouse by Brooksfield. The other was a four-bedroom house out in Rolleston. They paid, believe it or not, under 500 for Hills Road and about 545 for Rolleston. Amazing, because Hills Road's now worth about 650. Look, before you keep going on rabbiting on about the properties, talk to us about their goals, though. All what right, did they actually right, want to right. achieve? Okay. Well, we did that without kind of having it locked in. So that's, I'm doing it in the order that we did it. So how about you just shut up? <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so their goals. <laughs> so <laughs> what they've done is they've said their big goals now are generational wealth. They've got three kids, so they want to make sure that they've got something to pass on to their kids. They want to retire comfortably and early. Really keen on helping family out. And they want to use the golden goose passive income strategy. So they want to have enough freehold assets at a certain age that they're going to be able to live on the rental income forever and then pass that all on to the kids later on. Look, we tangent. We posted something on the Instagram the other day. One of my favourite quotes that you've ever said was, my children will inherit property, not problems. Which and, ba- I, and bad genetics. <laughs> <laughs> but my favourite quote ever. And somebody commented, what, Andrew? Someone commented. Someone had the audacity to comment. I think it's still on this. To so message you. To, no, no, no. They posted on their story and tagged me in it. Nathan Toma commented. <laughs> Nathan underscore Toma commented. This has got to be the most privileged comment I've read. And I bring this up because it actually relates to Case Study Sunday today. I text Andrew after that. I said, look, without going too far down the rabbit hole, don't you want your children to have some privilege? Absolutely. Like, Absolutely. I want them I to be spoiled little brats. Well, your, no, yours just, will, yours just, will be. Just like my co-host. Um, no, I want, I want my kids to not have to worry about money so they can do whatever the hell they want. Because people like Ed and I work our asses off so that our kids don't have to the same way. Well, not just us. Every person listening to this show. Yeah. And, so I mentioned and they're still going to appreciate money. 
And I mentioned that because one of the big goals that we see with these investors and other people is you do want to help out your kids. And it's not that you want them necessarily to be spoiled little no, brats. I was joking there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> make, next time you make a joke, make sure it's funny. <laughs> but you do want to make sure that they're comfortable and best set up for life. Absolutely. So this is what they wanted, generational wealth, building a passive income, helping out their family. How do we turn that into an actual goal that we can put some numbers around? Okay, so we've said $200,000 passive income a year in 18 years when he turns 60. So earlier than the New Zealand retirement age and a really high income. That's kind of in the upper end of the income side of things. which I Definitely think upper end if you're going to be doing 200k passive income a okay. year. Now I've put in the two properties that they purchased a couple of years ago. One of them is complete and had been rented out for a year. The other completes next week. When do they put those under contract? That would have been two years ago yeah, at those prices. Yeah, yeah, a couple of years so ago. So which property is still under construction? Rolleston. How come it's taken Delays two years? Delays in title. Yeah, okay, okay. Well, I mean, either way. Anything else or can I get on with it? No, no, no. Well, what's it worth? What do you put in? $850,000. Made three hundred grand. Easiest three hundred grand they've made. Absolutely. What about the two-bed townhouse? What's it worth if they bought uh, it at 650 least? $650,000 and they paid high fours for it. What a beautiful thing. So, and, and both of those now, they got the ANZ blueprint to build rate. Both of those properties are paying for themselves. Okay, so let's see how much those two properties, so we haven't factored in their KiwiSaver because they're not going to be entitled to that at 65. We haven't factored in the superannuation because it probably won't exist in its current format in our mind. And it's important to note that neither of those will be available to them because they want to start this passive income when they're 60. They're going to retire early and neither KiwiSaver nor the pension is going to be available at that point in time. Do you know what their income is based on just those two properties in 18 years' time? Oh, I would say probably... Seventy-seven grand. Oh, you looked at my screen. <laughs> Seventy-two thousand nine hundred and twenty-seven. I knew you looked. Anyway, of two hundred thousand. So they're still a wee way off their goal, but that's massive. Like that's more money than most people will have in retirement, even if they're putting in KiwiSaver and getting the superannuation. What capital growth rate are you using? Five percent. Yeah. Okay. Standard. Yeah. All right. Don't question me. <laughs> okay. So. Additional assets that they need to acquire, today's money, is $3.16 million. And if they were just going to save an amount out of their salary to do that, they'd have to save $176,000 a year. Yeah. Ludicrous. Huge amount of money. So they've got to build up another $3 million worth of net assets to achieve that goal. And $3.1 million is a lot of assets, but I also don't want to diminish how big that goal is. 200k passive income. And what I mean in terms of big, I mean in terms of what it means for a couple or a family if they are able to successfully generate that. We're doing 200k regularly hitting your bank account because you're living off the rental income because this is the golden goose strategy. It's $4,000 a week. Huge. Yeah. I don't earn $4,000 a week. <laughs> well, maybe I can do your wealth plan after this. Anyway, here's what the plan is from here. So these guys have done really, really well because they've got started and they've just you know believed in the system and done it. Now they want to ramp things up. So the first property that we're going to look at to add now that the other two are settling is something in Auckland. I've already got something in mind, a 900000 give or take purchase price, and we're using a 6% growth. 
and purchasing that right now. Then sit back and relax for a couple of years, buy another one in Auckland for a million dollars. The reason I'm sticking to Auckland is because highest growth in New Zealand. So 6% growth on that, million dollars in two years. And then we were originally going to do a third one, which was going to be a high yielding property. Now, the problem with this, it didn't put enough of a dent in the wealth gap because we're doing this in four years time. And they were going to sacrifice so much growth and doing that, that they said, you know what, we'll just make our budget work. So those three properties will all be growth properties. So they'll essentially have five growth properties and their top up might be probably under $500 a week. Like let's call it $400 a week by the time everything's all operational. 400 bucks a week is not the end of the world. It is a lot of money, but if you can make that work with your budget by even just going and ask for a pay rise for $200 a week each, right? Something like that over the next four years, that is going to close their gap 94%. So we're not 100% there, but they're going to have paid off their mortgage in the next 18 years. Then they can put a little bit of money into savings or shares or something else just to bridge that little 6% gap. But that gets them to $189,000 with those properties. And it's probably because the two first properties are positively geared, the next three might cost them 400 bucks a week once they've got them all functional. Or if rates come down, it might be even less. Yeah, but if you think that, okay, let's just ballpark it out. If you say that you're saving 400 bucks a week and they're 52. And that's only for 10 years, remember, because by the time rent's gone up, they will be paying for themselves in 10 years anyway. But if they're putting away 400 bucks a week, we're saving about 21 grand a year. This is an 18 year plan. So we're talking about 375K. So if you took that $400 and you snuck it away under your mattress, yep, in 18 years, you've got just under $400,000. And that's in future dollars, not in today's money. Whereas if we compare what we're doing here, we're talking about an extra three properties and we're probably ballparking out to an extra $2.7 million worth of assets. Yep. It's so night and day and it simply just always comes back to the leverage that you get on properties. And one of the big things that I like for a plan like this is for the next 10 years, they're probably going to have to make a contribution because we're using their equity to borrow 100% for an investment property. So they're not putting any cash in, they have to make a weekly top up. But hey, look, Again, 400 bucks, I'm not diminishing the fact that, you know, that's a bit of disposable money, but it's a small sacrifice to make now for a massive benefit in the future. And let's say that's for nine of the 18 years, then they've got nine years that they're not making any contributions and every dollar of growth is free. Free money yet. Well, no, you can't say that. We'll have the FMA up both of our uh, but, um <laughs> Not personalised financial advice. <laughs> And of course, what you've got to consider is that that's 400 compared to quite a large goal. So if you had a more conservative goal or a smaller goal, you wouldn't have to put in as much. Now, the big thing you mentioned at the start was around the servicing. They had COVID, their incomes became a bit more shaky, so it was hard for them to grow a portfolio very, very quickly. Mm -hmm. Now, my question is, now that we appear to have got through COVID, or at least we're not locking ourselves down, have their incomes come back to such a point where this plan of purchasing three more investment properties is realistic and achievable. Absolutely. And if anything, actually, it's going to go up. So there's some serious pay rises in the not too distant future. We're structuring it so that the completion dates of the next one or at least or at least one or maybe two properties is after those new pay rates are in place. So they know that it's coming. We're going to put down deposits. We know that then completion will happen after those pay rises are in place. We'll be fine. And let me ask you about whether it's achievable to get those three properties on their current household income. I think that the next two would be a piece of cake. The, the third one, we're going to have to do some work, but that's four years down the track. 
Yeah, okay. I mean, you can't get too caught up on the what the situation's going to be like in the future because if that's going to stop you doing the next two and getting 75% of the way there, you're mad. So you just got to do it when you can do it. Yeah, whenever I model out bank rules and think, okay, well, your income's going to go up by this and your rent's going to go up by this and your debt's going to go down by this, A, it gets very complicated. I mean, we do have the investment-ready spreadsheet, which anybody can download and, and it's free and you can actually get that modelling. But it is fraught to say that, okay, I'm going to be able to purchase in five years' time. Well, so much can change in five years' time, but I'm really talking more around the bank's rules as opposed to you know changes in salary and things, which we can model relatively effectively over time. And um, One thing that I would say in, in this case as well, these guys are working with a really good mortgage broker, not someone in our Catalyst team, but we're not the only experts. They're using a company who I've got a lot of respect for, and I know we're about to do an article on top financial advisors in the country, and they, this firm's on that list. They've given them some really good advice, particularly around split banking and getting that use of that blueprint to build interest rates. Like they're settling their Rolleston property on 3.59% interest rates. Amazing. And usually we'd, you know, we deal with investors, especially younger investors. They might have a couple of other assets that they're building up. Give us the full picture. What else are they investing in? So contributing heavily to KiwiSaver, which is great. But again, we haven't factored that in. They didn't want that in their workings and rightly so. They've got savings, like actual cash savings. They've got Sharesies account, like everyone seems to have nowadays because Sharesies was what we did as well as watch Tiger King during lockdown. And the other thing they've got is a bit of crypto. So I did make a joke and ask how crypto was going at the moment. And they said terribly, but you know, Did you laugh obnoxiously? Well, no, because I've got money into money in crypto as well. I was telling them that my crypto wallet is on my old laptop that I don't know how to even get into now. So, I mean, <laughs> you'll probably you'll probably hack your way into it one day and steal my crypto coins. <laughs> but which laptop is it? The old work one. Where is it? I don't know. At home somewhere. I'm coming to your house on Friday, I'll find it. <laughs> so they're just doing kind of a bit of a mix of things, which I think is really smart, particularly when you've got good income, just to put some money in different pockets. And then I always think if you're going to do things like crypto, which is a lot more volatile, have your safety net of property sorted out first. And just before we wrap up, how does that level of passive income, the 200k that they want to retire on, how does that compare to what they currently earn? It's less than what they currently earn, but remember at the moment they've got a mortgage, three kids, and so if you kind of adjusted that plus their KiwiSaver, it's probably similar lifestyle to what they've got now. Okay, that's very important because one of the things we sometimes see as well is an investor might come in and want a really big goal, like a 200k worth of passive income per year, but then they're currently earning... 80k a year together as a household and often unless you've got a very very long runway or you expect that your income's going to increase quite substantially that's probably not going to be achievable let's say that you're 50 years old now you earn 80k and you're a single person and you want to retire on 200k a year that's just not realistic most of the time and I think that what's really good here is yeah big goal but They've already got quite a bit of, I suppose, financial stability behind them. They've got, they've got some resources to be able to make that happen. And I think that's a key message to take away as well. Right, let's wrap it up there. But please don't forget to rate, review and subscribe to the Property Academy podcast. Really does help us keep the message out to more people. And hey, if you want to build a wealth plan like we've talked about here today, then really simple way to do it. Time to come in for a portfolio planning session. Text the word plan to 5522. We'll be in touch. See if it's the right fit for you. Listen to the Property Academy podcast. I'm your host, Ed McKnight. I'm Andrew Nicholl. And we're going to be back again tomorrow with even more daily strategies, tactics, and insights to help you get the most out of the New Zealand property market. Until next time, 